the acceptance of astrology as valid has helped me undo shackles in my mind, if that makes sense. Trust me, I have investigated astrology for years, but I don't look for its faults. And obviously it has faults because everything does, and that's like key, everything does. And so just being able to take it for what it can tell me about something happening and I can choose to accept that or not, and it can help me to reflect about some experience I'm having or some experience I had or some goal I wanna achieve, that is immensely powerful. And I honestly believe the more that we can like unshackle our brains and accept information as it comes, I think we're all we're all better for it. Welcome back to another episode of Everyday Endorphins. This week is a really fun episode. I had the pleasure of bringing my friend Charlene Moss, who went to college with me, to talk all about astrology and wellness. So, to give you a little context, Charlene is like an astrology guru, to me at least. And I don't even really follow astrology that much besides like the occasional posts I see on Instagram with like CoStar or sometimes like articles will pop up about astrology and like what is happening with Mercury and retrograde. Like this is the extent of my astrology knowledge. But it seems pretty interesting and... I know it can be a bit of a controversial topic because there's a lot of people that are like super pro-astrology and others that are like, this is fake. But even though I am personally a little torn and you'll hear this throughout the episode, I know Charlene has a really amazing perspective on the practice of astrology and how it's shaped her life and how people can actually use astrology as a form of introspection and really as a tool to better understand themselves. I feel like when you can really become a bit more introspective and more self-aware, that brings you a bit more joy and happiness in your life. So there has to be some intrinsic connection between the positives and benefits of astrology and happiness. But I won't speak too much to it because Charlene is way more qualified to do so. So let's get into it. But before we do so, I have a brief message from my sponsor, Anchor. Hi, Charlene. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Stella. I am very ecstatic to be here. We're going to get into it. We really are. I'm getting a flashback to... So many amazing memories in college. Like, just honestly, the first flashback that's coming to my mind is when I was at the final rush event, I think, for AKSI. For those who are listening and don't know what I'm talking about, Charlene and I met at WashU, specifically in a business fraternity that I rushed my freshman spring. And that was the same semester that Charlene was rush chair. And I remember holding your hand at the ice rink during the fun event because I was like, I need someone to help me ice skate and I want to make a good first impression, but I was so intimidated by you. Oh my goodness. What's ironic about that story is that I am literally the least intimidating person ever. Like after the first 30 seconds, I think. I think maybe because you were rush chair and I was like, oh my God, like I need to get a bid. I need to make a good first impression. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. 
Um, and we're glad you, you, we're glad you joined Stella because yes, (laughs) I'm, I'm very glad I joined too. It was one of the best decisions that I made in college. Um, but we're not here to talk about AKSI, even though we could talk about that at a separate time. We are here to talk about the interconnectedness between astrology, mental health, and overall wellness. And you are an astrology queen. So I'd love for you to start out by talking about how you got into astrology and giving my listeners a brief astrology 101. What is it? How do you get interested in astrology? What can you learn from it? Yes, I will take your listeners right down that rabbit hole. I absolutely am obsessed with astrology beyond the queen status. I don't even know what it means, like maniac about astrology. Um, And I got into it when I was very young because I was a very obnoxiously curious child to the point where like I needed to know everything. I wanted to argue with my parents all the time. And um, because of that, I also just had a lot of lone time growing up. I moved around a lot and my older brother is 12 years my senior. So um, again, part of wanting to know everything, I think what in middle school, I was like, how do you find yourself? Like that was an example of a question that I would ask the adults around me. And everyone would be like, oh, wait until high school, which by the way is a lie, right? That's literally a lie. But um, they'd be like, wait until high school, you'll be able to find yourself then and the, the people you mesh well with. And I was like, that's way too long. And so one day I have no idea how this happened, but I discovered I was a Scorpio and that was because I had looked up my birthday and what it meant. I was screaming, searching for meaning in the smallest of things as literally a 10 year old. So I found out I was a Scorpio and it resonated, but at this time it was only sun sign astrology and we'll come back to that and what that means. And so I would just, it's almost like knowing your personality type. Like if you're an ENFJ Myers-Briggs or if you're an Enneagram number, that is what a sun sign like similarly can communicate to you. And so I would walk around knowing, okay, I'm a Scorpio, but that's not enough. Again, obsessive, curious, yes. And so I slowly realized that astrology is way more than the sun's position at the time of your birth, your sun sign, and has a lot more to do with the entire, um, as we know, at least the entire like space systems location placement at the time of your birth. And that um, is really what astrology is about, is locating where the planets are, where certain asteroids are, where certain angles are at the time of your birth to then depict and show and describe some really fundamental characteristics of you and some of your actions and motivations. Um, So that's how I got into it, because it's a study that can go on and on and on and on. Um, The sun sign and the moon sign and the rising and there's plenty to be learned there. So would you say it's like a self-discovery tool amongst others? Oh, it's the best self-discovery tool on the market. (laughs) Some people are skeptical about astrology from what I've seen. Some people are like, Mm. well, just because I'm a Virgo doesn't excuse my behaviors through this or it's, you know, hard to predict someone else's behavior and it puts them into that bucket because they're some certain sun sign. But you're so deeply... Mm in tune with astrology and so knowledgeable about what this practice or philosophy is, I would assume that there is a bit more uh, scientific underpinnings behind it. There's a bit more substance to astrology than maybe the way it's portrayed in social media and 
like those memes that are posted about people who are astrology fanatics. Yes, astrology fanatics. No, um, you're absolutely right, Stella. And astrology is fun- fundamentally a science. It People may qualify it as pseudoscience, but it is still science in its rigor and its attention to detail and its ability to look for a cause. So I think what really sets astrology apart from what the mainstream audience may understand it as is um, there is way more than the sun that can qualify like pieces of who you are based on astrology. Um, And I think what's actually becoming more important um, and more relevant, and I'm so grateful that the zeitgeist is here, uh, is that people are understanding that there's way more to astrology than just your sun. Um, Yes, there are only 12 zodiac signs. So yes, you can be typecast into 12 different personalities if you are only looking at your sun. If you were to look at your whole chart, there is like a Reddit forum out there. There are three people in 7 billion who have your exact birth chart. And your birth chart includes all of the planets, all of the asteroids, and your house positions. House positions we can talk about later. Uh, but so astrology is a really, really deep study of who you are, what your motivations are, your communication styles, what motivates you, your career potential, your first impression, your relationship with your parent. I mean, there is just so much to be discovered. And I found a lot of comfort in being able to investigate that for myself over some years because I could not receive all that information all at once in middle school that would have ruined my life. I feel like also if you take in all that information at once when you're, what, 11 or 12, 13, it's not going to resonate in the same way that you need it to when you're older. Yeah. And kind of overwhelming to have so many answers kind of uh, thrown at you at such a young age. Because mm-hmm. I think that also takes away from the process of figuring it out, which is equally as important. But mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit more about like using astrology as a self-discovery tool, but looking at like a case study, for example. So the easiest way I can think about this is knowing that I am a Virgo. That's my sun sign. And I know we've talked a lot about this in college because I'd come up to you and I'd be like, Mm -hmm. I need you to help me figure out what this means. (laughs) And I'd be like, figure it out. I don't know what any of this means. Like, because I'm a Virgo, is this why I'm thinking this way? Or So how can we use our sun signs or Um, If you want to take it even a step further and look at like the house alignment and your moon sign and all those different aspects to astrology, like how can you take those pieces of information and use it in a way that can actually benefit your personal growth and development and help you find some sort of guidance for answers that you're looking for in your life? I love that question, Stella. There are a few really key placements that really helped me and have really helped others that I've been able to talk about this with. And I will list them for you here, listeners. The first thing that I think is really important and integral to understand if you were to get into your astrology would be to have your birth time and then figure out your rising or the placement of your first house or the ascendant. All of those things are the same thing. Rising, ascendant, first house. Um, Because that, very different from your sun sign, changes every two hours and shows actually how you come off to people and it shows where you have your natural strengths. So for instance, I am a Scorpio, but I have a Gemini rising. I am very different from a Scorpio with a Taurus rising, for example. My strengths lie in communication and talking and getting obsessively interested in things. That comes from my Gemini rising. My Scorpio has nothing to do with that. Maybe the obsessive part, but otherwise nothing to do with the communication. And so your rising is actually able to tell you what you learned very early, very young, and what you are naturally good at. You do not need to try. And so whenever you're thinking about maybe, I don't know, matching to a role that you're interested in applying for, 
or thinking about how you might describe yourself to someone else, I would go to your rising first because that is what people notice about you quickly and probably know you as. Another placement, another two that are really not talked about pretty often um, are the midheaven, which is the cusp of your 10th house and the north node. These two go together because I think they are really important for thinking about long-term growth and like north star potential. We'll start with the 10th house. Um, In astrology, there are 12 houses. Yes, that's the house system. The beginning of your 10th house, though, has to do with your career and reputation and public image. And so whatever sign you have in your 10th house, it, it can really communicate the traits that you would be known for in a career in public to the masses, what your status would come from. And so, for instance, if someone has a 10th house that starts in Aries, you might be known as an entrepreneur because Aries energy is all about starting something. It is all about being new, risky, bold, um, but also embodying like emperor energy, being really in control. Whereas if you have a 10th house in Cancer, it's going to be all about nurturing the people around you, becoming a mother figure in the public. That 10th house information can tell you a lot about what types of jobs you want and what types of jobs you should avoid if you really want to access that piece of your chart. My chart um, has Pisces in the 10th house. And so all of the like mystical, creative, empathetic, that is the Pisces midheaven. It's not, you know, so that is really helpful to know as well when you're thinking about what you need in your career or in your future or whatever life you have outside of your house that will come through your 10th house. The last note on um, what placements I think you can really learn from and use daily or, you know, regularly would be your North Node. Also super not talked about. I think very helpful, though. And this can all come from calculating your birth chart. Um, The North Node tells you where your North Star of your chart is. Um, And there are two nodes, the North Node and the South Node. They're like poles. In your past life, theoretically, if you want to follow me along this trail, you embodied the traits of the south node. And the south node could be, you know, you spent a lot of time alone or you were really in the background a lot of the time or you stayed at home with the kids or you were very self-interested. What happens in this lifetime and what is communicated in your chart is thus the north node, which is the complete opposite of your south node. And so in this life, you are actually meant to be moving toward your north node while taking the lessons from your south node life with you. To, make, to put this more plainly, for instance, my south node is in Aquarius. Aquarian energy is notorious for being in the background, being really humanitarian, never thinking of themselves first. That is my past energy that then manifests in this life as being someone who is meant to be in the spotlight, in leadership positions, being okay with being self-focused. That obviously is a dramatic shift. And given that my past had the complete opposite effect, it is hard for me to be able to step into my North Node's energy because I'm so used to the South Node Aquarian stuff. So if you want to look at your astrology, I recommend the Midheaven, 10th house, the North Node and South Node, and also your rising to really get a lot more information than your sun or moon. There's so much that you just unpacked for us here (laughs) that I didn't even know genuinely like I really thought it was well I knew there was like the moon and the rising but I didn't really know how they all fit together and I certainly did not know about these different nodes the north the south the south node to clarify that's energy or the energy that you're moving through in your past life quote unquote 
but your north node is that meant to be the complete opposite and it's it's harder to attain what the north node should be doing that's how you can kind of look at it yes and so it's almost like you can set your brain to always orient toward your north node as a growth area and something that your chart wants from you because it wants you to play out the karma of your past life in this life. And that is why the North Node is directly opposite of the South Node. Always. What about aspects of your birth chart to look at beyond career and personal growth? Relationships are a hot topic. (laughs) And that's usually what I came to you about with astrology questions. So, and I've, you know, there's tons of things in Cosmopolitan, Vanity Fair, all these pop culture wellness magazines about astrology and your relationships and sex and this and that. And I think that's super, uh, you know, it it draws people's attention in, of course. And I think people come to these as quick fixes or as solutions or as another fun thing they can look into to see what birth Mm. sign is compatible with what type of date or what type of date spot. So beyond all the fluffy stuff that exists out there, What are some things you can actually do when you're investigating your birth chart if you're looking to learn more Mm -hmm. about relationships, for example? I love that question. The fact that you even had to ask to pull it out of me is so reflective of where I am with my relationship journey. Anyway, um, there are two things I would highlight if you're looking to form relationships, platonic or romantic or business, all represented similarly in your birth chart. The first is your Venus placement. Venus is a planet that rules love, pleasure, relationship, harmony. Venus in your chart is going to show you where it is in its sign. It's going to show you where you and how you find pleasure, harmony, and relationships in your life. For instance, if you have a Venus in Scorpio, you you find comfort in relationship with people when you're able to share intimate secrets, feel like you can trust them, investigate dark territory, you know, think about your childhood wounds. A Venus in Libra is not going to love that. Venus in Libra is way more interested in keeping things conflict, um, keeping things without conflict and making sure that we stay at the surface because we need things to stay pretty. And so I would just look at your Venus signs more than your sun signs when thinking about compatibility and that in more traditional ways. So you might look at just making sure your Venuses have compatible signs, like um, they're either three apart So they're all like the same element or they're not opposed in the zodiac sign, like Scorpio and Taurus Venuses together. That might not be the most uh, pleasurable combo, but I won't say it won't work. And so you can look at Venus signs as a first indicator of what works for you in a relationship. I think alternatively, if you know your house system um, and you know your rising, take the opposite sign of your rising and that represents to you what your best partner is for romance, platonic relationships, and business. Here's why. Remember when I went on that long rant about your rising sign being your natural strength? Well, obviously, if we're looking at a circle, obviously your opposite, your seventh house, is going to be your natural weakness. And so what you would look for in a partner and what's going to work really well with you and be compatible will be someone who can fulfill that weaker part of you because it's not your natural strength. So if you were to have a rising for, say, in Sagittarius, you're going to be a big picture thinker. Your partner might have Gemini qualities because that is opposite Sagittarius. And that will work really well for you because the Gemini will be able to bring things to the ground, throw ideas at you, whereas Sagittarius might be more eager to hold on to things and and really prioritize their beliefs over others. 
So it's this concept that opposites attract and you're looking beyond just your rising sign. Like you also want to look in Venus and see where there's the, the compatibility there. Yes. Among a million other things, but those two I think could be really great starting points. You also talked a little bit about elements at play in astrology signs. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about how these elements are related in the signs and if there's any relationship also uh, between astrology and tarot, because some of the terminology you've used has slightly rung a bell in the back of my mind from the limited tarot cards I've seen. Oh yeah, there's absolutely a connection. To start there, honestly, there are four elements in astrology, four elements in tarot, or four suits in tarot. And so in astrology, we have water, earth, air, and fire, just like Avatar, pretty much. Um, And when you think about the characteristics of the signs or represent those four elements, they really naturally attribute to the elements themselves. Fire, a little bit more chaotic, you know, destructive. Fun, spicy, energized, air, dry, um, mental, cerebral, uh, sharp, water, deep, nurturing, emotional, and earth, stable, grounded, logical. Um, In tarot, actually, there are four suits that directly parallel those four elements, which are the wands, cups, pentacles, and swords. Um, And so when you're actually reading tarot, um, you, I literally attribute the um, themes that come from the astrological elements, those four, and extrapolate them over to tarot. So if a bunch of cups, cups full of water, by the way, are popping up in a tarot reading, I know that the reading has a lot to do with nurturing depth relationships. If there are wands, fire, I know that there's a lot of jazz and spice happening and potentially conflict. Um, If there are pentacles, earth coming up, then I know that this may have to do with work or your money or your ability to like logically reason. And so I think it's really cool. There are a lot more connections in astrology and tarot as well. Yeah. I'm so glad you touch on that because it seems like there's a lot of interconnectedness between the two. And I used to be very skeptical of tarot. Like I didn't really know what it was. And I thought like, this is some like strange spirituality. Like I have no idea what territory I'm crossing until a friend of mine actually started doing tarot readings for me. We would get together senior year of college to do some tarot readings because she was super into it. And that was like the perfect uh, friend date to do because during COVID, it's not like we could go out or do anything really. So like I would look forward to these Mm. dinners that we'd cook together and we'd like just sit on a blanket outside of our apartment and do like a tarot reading. And something that I really loved that my friend said about it was like, it's important to treat those types of readings and just dealing with tarot as kind of like dissecting art in a way. So you're using it as a way to interpret a situation. Or if you have a question, you're using the cards to just guide yourself towards more self-discovery, towards uh, not concrete answers, but just something to kind of nudge you along the way to say, okay, you're on the right path or, hey, reconsider this or look into that. And I thought that was really beautiful because it's it gives you the agency, the ownership to bring whatever's dealt to you, no pun intended, like into your own hands. And it gives you a bit more agency over, uh, you know, how you want things to shape out in your future. So I was wondering if astrology can be applied in the same way 
Uh, and if so, how do you incorporate astrology in general into your day-to-day like wellness practices? I agree with your friend. I think astrology, tarot, any other tool that you might find interesting in the metaphysical realm uh, is all meant to be projectile. And I mean that as it is meant to reflect back to you things that might be true so that you then decide if those things are true. And I think tarot and astrology do the work of creation so that you don't have to find the answer yourself. Um, they create, but that does not mean you need to accept what, what is being said. And so I think they're both really powerful in that way. Um, and so the way that I end up using tarot and astrology is um, mostly astrology is to just as a validation tool. I think growing up, I had a hard time wrestling with my identity, still do identity is identity, right? Um, and I honestly had a very hard time knowing who I was because I was constantly shape-shifting, Gemini rising, um, and meeting so many people and in so many different environments. I had no sense of self at all because I had not grown up in a stable environment at all in, in any way. And um, astrology really helped me understand what pieces of me exist and accept them. And it's not all pretty. It's not like my chart is just screaming, awesome, awesome, awesome. No one's no one says that because there are some elements that are darker and you can look into those. Um, and it just helped me really accept that there are things that happened in my life that I didn't need to feel ashamed about or hide or repress because here they are in my chart. Um, and that is, you know, looking at my full chart. Outside of just feeling more accepted and valid as a person, which I think are very important things for life and wellness in general, as we describe them, um, I think I really use astrology to also think about the energy. Uh, I'm I'm a very sensitive person, and so people and places and environments are really they really affect me in a way I wish I could control more. And I'm trying. It is hard. And so when I am aware of what's going on in the sky, it honestly helps me depersonalize the things that happen to me, around me, and to other people. Because I understand that every there is so much more going on than my little mishap or miscommunication with someone or my friend's issue with me at the time. There's so much more going on. And when I'm able to displace the focus on me and like what drama I might imagine or might not, um, astrology really helps me realize that like it's so much bigger. Things can be so much bigger and I don't have to worry about what's going on down here. So maybe a bit escapist, but I think it's a really valuable tool for that type of space. Thank you for being so honest about how astrology has affected you and and how you use the practice. I mean, it's it seems like it's also very personal. And I think in in that respect, that's also why it's probably such a powerful tool for so many people when they're looking to work on themselves or f- gain feelings of f- being accepted and loved and and um understanding things that they previously couldn't either about their childhood, the way they grew up, their past experiences. And I also like to go back to one of your earlier points, I was kind of like you as a kid. I always wanted the answer to things. I mean, even, even up until like recent, like it's something I'm still working on. Like I always want the answer to something 
because I just want to know. Like I want to know the reason. And then if I can know the reason, I can know the cause. And in my mind, I thought, well, if I can know the reason, then at least like that'll give me some peace and some solace. And I've had to come to learn that sometimes it's really better to not know and mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to force yourself to know. Mm-hmm. Virgo. <laughs> Big Virgo energy. So my dad is a Virgo, so that's why we always argue. Yeah. No, but <laughs> I guess so, because I guess Virgos are very like, from what I have looked into and from what you've told me, organized, also type A, kind of anal, like in that realm. And very service oriented and willing to sacrifice always and very purist in intention. So that does sound like me, I guess. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, I think I've learned just the value of not freaking out if you can't figure it out in that immediate moment. And I always would like demand answers from people. Like if I was upset or if I wanted to understand why something didn't work out, I needed to know why. But that's also not really realistic because oftentimes other people don't even know their intentions behind their actions or behaviors. Like we move through the world so mindlessly so often. Yes. And it's like, how can you demand an answer from someone if they don't even know where their intentions were, good or bad? You know, it doesn't even matter at that point. Just, you know, the act has already been done by then. So I think um, that's that's something that I learned. And I guess I can see now how astrology or using the knowledge that, you, you know, you can accumulate around astrology can help better inform those aspects of your personality and, and the way in which you move through life and, and behave and, and interact with people. Yeah. And I would even say, Stella, the acceptance of astrology as valid has helped me undo shackles in my mind, if that makes sense. I don't need to, like I, trust me, I have investigated astrology for years, but I don't look for its faults. And obviously it has faults because everything does. And that's like key, everything does. And so just being able to take it for what it can tell me about something happening and I can choose to accept that or not. And it can help me to reflect about some experience I'm having or some experience I had or some goal I want to achieve. That is immensely powerful. And I honestly believe the more that we can like unshackle our brains and accept information as it comes um, and and be less suspicious of where it comes from and how it's formed, because we made all of this stuff up. I think we're all we're all better for it. That's such a great point. I mean, I think the ambiguity of the answers provided in astrology, because like ambiguity, I mean by that just how there can be general qualities that are across Virgos, Scorpios, Geminis, whatever. So it's really like how you interpret it at the end of the day. And I think that ambiguous nature of what's in the chart or what you're reading about is actually kind of a blessing in disguise because it does allow you to create your own narrative about it and personalize it to you and learn how to be okay with like not not feeling suspicious about it but yeah. just learning how to be okay with like not necessarily knowing because mm-hmm. who knows you know <laughs> exactly and if that's one thing that I've learned it's like 
at the end of the day, who really knows? And we're all just trying to figure something out. Exactly. And I know that you're also a yoga instructor. Do you incorporate astrology into some of your (laughs) yoga flows? Oh, yeah. I've seen some classes where there's like astro flow based yoga. So it can be a, uh, if we're, I don't know, are certain uh, months of the year like different astrological seasons, like it's Aries season or Gemini season, I guess by like your birth month, that's probably what it would be, right? So I've seen like yoga flows where it's like an Aries inspired yoga flow. Do you do things like that Mm -hmm. um, as as a yoga instructor? I have not taught any astro flows. I have taught flows that are based on the chakras. And I think the connection to astrology there is I have done a lot of work on my sacral chakra over the past year because Scorpio rules the sacrum. It rules the sex organs, the digestive system all around the sacral chakra. Um, And I have a lot of Scorpio energy in my chart. And so I have done a lot of sacral chakra flows. So think like butterfly pose where your legs are open, a lot of hip opening poses um, that help that area, the the energy in that area move. Um, And I've found that to be really useful. Um, And I think just generally all energy practices connect. And so though I haven't done them, you are absolutely moving your chakras around. And depending on where you have certain signs in your charts, you can figure out what is most likely to be afflicted when you aren't feeling so well. So I think there's optimal opportunity to actually use astrology to figure out where you might focus your movement or yoga practice sometimes. I love that you brought in this chakra system. That was one of my favorite lectures in the yoga teacher training that I did last this past summer and we calculated like our birth chakra and our life chakra the whole thing and it is like you know at first I was also skeptical about chakras and all of that but then I I, I know here I am interviewing someone who's like so passionate about these topics but also with a twinge of skepticism but I think I've grown to appreciate the value of these different practices and theories and philosophies. Because I do think there is something to be said about, you know, their their power for transforming your your beliefs about yourself, the way you, you view yourself, the way you view the world. And at the end of the day, the everything is, is subjective. Everything is viewed in your unique perspective. So no one is living the same reality and no one sees reality in the same way. And these are, I think, just really beautiful tools and practices that can help shape the way in which you perceive things around you. And so specifically with like the chakra thing, I had such a fun time calculating all of that because I was like, oh, this makes sense. Or just learning about the different types of movements in yoga that are connected to the different chakras were super fascinating for me. And like this whole thing around the sacral Mm -hmm. chakra and hip opening exercises and learning about how emotion is stored in the body. It's all so interconnected. Yes. And detrimentally so, really. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I really need to work on this, you know? <laughs> yeah. But luckily, like, there's no, you know, there's no quick fix. And there's always time to work on ourselves is what I'm trying to say. It's a, it's a gradual, continuous process. And, you know, on that note, is there one 
major takeaway that you would like for my listeners to have after listening to this episode, either someone who's super skeptical about astrology or someone who is followed along with it for years and is just looking to deepen their own practice in astrology? What is one thing you want my listeners to take away from this? One thing I want your listeners to take away is that a birth chart reading, 60 minutes with uh, someone who has deeply studied astrology, is a professional, is not trying to scam you, which by the way, astrologers are not scammers, that's not synonymous, will change your life. 60 minutes, your birth chart and a professional will absolutely change your life. And you can come to me and I will pay you the money you spent if that is not true. That is what I want your listeners to know. There's so much information that you can unlock with your birth chart. Even if you don't take away all of the information, there will be something that will absolutely strike a light bulb for you. I am sure of it. Well, now I have to get on that. This is what you're telling me. Um, (laughs) That will be on my to-do list. I mean, when I sat down with the instructor, the head instructor of the teacher training, and we like went through the chakras that I calculated, it was so therapeutic. Uh, You know, just sit down and and to have someone kind of like walk you through what these all mean. Uh, so I can only imagine with astrology, when you're really going through the entire birth chart, how informative that experience can be. Therapeutic is exactly that. It is exactly that. The most well-known question that I have to ask you is a question that I ask every single guest that comes onto the podcast. And it's time for me to bestow this question onto you. What is something that brings you endorphins? Something that brings me endorphins. Anything I do that makes me feel like a little kid. Just yesterday, I was with my dear buddy, Noha, and we were walking down a street in Boulder that is like a pedestrian mall. And I was like hopping and skipping and I felt like a little kid. I felt free. We had just been in a coffee shop. The air was light. It was fall. People were out at restaurants. That is awesome. Finding experiences where I am not worried about work, home duty, what's happening next. Moments when I am just a kid experiencing and noticing all the cool stuff happening around me. That's endorphins. And so creating the space for those moments to happen, that's what I want more of. That's a really unique answer. I have not heard that yet. And I love that because it brings it back to the sense of being a kid again and like having that childlike curiosity. Like we move through the world as kids in such a special way because there's such limited knowledge that we bring to experiences. So we don't Mm -hmm. have judgments. We don't have expectations. Mm -hmm. We are able to fully be present. Time moves Mm -hmm. so differently as a kid than it does when you're a young adult, an adult, whatever. I used to think days span for years. And I used to think that a block away was like 30 miles away. And it just, it's crazy how the experience of being a child is so present and how we lose that as adults. We give it up. We don't even lose it. We lose it. We throw it away because that we are not children anymore. And that is something we must accept. I don't accept that. So... <laughs> Well, I think this is an amazing note to land on because it really gives me something to contemplate and hopefully my listeners as well. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Where can my listeners find more 
about you, about your podcast, working within all the services that you offer, where can they go? You can find find me first and you'll find everything else, I think. Or it doesn't matter, actually. So if you look for working.within on Instagram, you'll find the podcast. You'll also find me, which is charbucks with three R's on Instagram. And if you want to learn more about the podcast specifically, you can go to workingwithin.net. That is a podcast website. Um, And email me if you're interested in a service. And that is on the website as well. Awesome. I will make sure to also share those in the episode. And for those who are also interested, Charlene interviewed me on her podcast. So definitely check that out um, if you're interested in learning more about what I'm doing with this podcast and if you want to check out the really cool episodes that Charlene produces. Thanks, Stella, for having me. Thank you for listening and remember to like, rate, and review this podcast on whichever listening platform you prefer. Don't forget to keep spreading endorphins and find things that bring you endorphins every day. See you next time. Thank you.